Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Wild-Smith. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing with you some of my podcasts that have made the list of being the best of conquering the seeds of destruction. Now, whether this is your first time hearing the podcast or you remember it from before, I pray that it will provide help and encouragement to you in your life. Now, today I am going to share with you the new seed that the enemy plants into you to try to bring destruction into your life. And that seed is called the seed of loneliness. So let's go ahead and begin by defining it. So loneliness means being without company. It also means sad from being alone or lonesome. Now, the scripture that I use to reference that comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 through 22. And it says, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from God's people, Israel, and you did not know the promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you belong to Christ Jesus. Though you were once far away from God, now you have been brought near to him because of the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has made peace between us Jews and the Gentiles by making us all one people. He has broken down the wall of hostility that used to separate us. By his death, he ended the whole system of Jewish law that excluded the Gentiles. His purpose was to make peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new person from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. He has brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and to us Jews who were near. Now all of us, both Jews and Gentiles, may come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are confidently joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also joined together as part of this dwelling where God lives by his Spirit. And again, that comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 through 22. Now, as you can actually see from these scriptures, God made a way for all people to be joined and connected to him, which is through the blood of Jesus. Jesus had made all of us to be able to come together, to live together, to work together, and to be at peace with each other. Jesus was the one and the only one to reconcile us to God. And it is through him 
that we are able to be one family under God. Let me say that again, that we are able to be one family under God. Now, the question still remains, though, do we all really see each other as being a part of God's family? For those, of course, who have accepted Christ as our Savior. But do we also recognize that we all sin and come short of the glory of God, which, of course, is stated in Romans 3.23? It is through the love of Jesus and his blood that we can now be joined to him through the Holy Spirit. But do we really believe that? Do we really believe that we are all, all one family in Jesus? I ask the question because it seems sometimes as if some people do not believe that we are all sinners saved by grace and mercy through the blood of Jesus. This is the confidence that we have is that Jesus loved us so much and he shed his blood to die for each and every one of us and that we are restored through him and not by man. I continue to ask you to seek him and to listen to his voice. As you know, if you listen to man, you will never feel that you may measure up on anything, which can sometimes cause you to feel alone or maybe have this loneliness type of mindset. Now, loneliness really is a state of feeling. It's your thoughts that you're being kind of guided by this mindset to really just stay in. And that's what the enemy is wanting you to do. For instance, You may be going to an event and maybe you have the choice to include people, but you choose not to because either you don't want to bother people or maybe you just don't think that they would be interested enough to make the time for you. So what do you do? You just don't ask them at all. As a result, you know, you may think that people are not going to be there to help you or to support you or maybe to even be in your corner. Now, let me kind of add another layer to this. Suppose you are going through a difficult situation. Now, maybe initially you thought about sharing that situation to some other people. And you may even feel that people have a lot of stuff going on in their life. Or maybe that people don't want to deal with other people's problems. So once again, you've decided not to share it with anyone. You've also decided that They can't probably help you any better. So that just kind of becomes another reason why you avoid them to begin with. Now, it's in your mind that you have the problem. You also ask the questions to yourself. But what's interesting is you also conclude and rationalize that you don't need to include anyone. So it's these types of scenarios sometimes that cause you to feel like people are not there for you. And that's why your thoughts sometimes can keep you isolated and feeling lonely. Now, granted, let me also add this component. I do believe that there are some people that you can't include because you don't want a lot of narratives flying around. As I've stated in the past, go to God and allow him to speak into your life. You are not alone because God lives inside of you and speaks to you through the Holy Spirit that resides in you. Now, the enemy, of course, will keep 
having a field day with you to cause you to just focus on your problems instead of telling God about them and really asking him to guide you. Now, sometimes when you're feeling lonely, you even have a hard time maybe even praying to God. You have a hard time just telling him about it. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And sometimes when you're in that lonely state, do you really believe that he does care for you? Do you believe that you can actually give everything to Jesus and he will hear your prayers? And do you believe that he's really going to listen to you and answer them and that you can ask him anything, that you really can ask him anything? Now, let me share this other scripture with you. This comes from 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. And it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So sometimes it's the narrative in your own mind and even the analytics sometimes that you choose to use that kind of causes these lonely feelings to kind of consume you and engulf you. Now, As you allow yourself to stay in the seed that the enemy has planted, you will start to add more thoughts into you by making you feel insecure in the situation. You may even begin to focus on all of the negative things that have happened in your life, and it causes you to feel more detached and removed from people. You start to believe that you don't measure up to other people. Or maybe you are convincing yourself that you can't or maybe even won't reach your goals or dreams. Needless to say, you have to start asking yourself maybe some of these types of questions that are listed on page 118, if actually if you're following along in the book. And I'll just kind of share maybe a few and maybe even add some. So one may be, why do things always go wrong in your life? You know, why are you feeling that kind of mindset? Why do you always feel that maybe people are judging you in the wrong way? And then you have to start asking yourself, how can I make my life better? And how will I actually be able to recover, maybe from the pandemic, regarding my business? How long or when will things actually start to move forward in my life? What kind of timetable can I give myself? So it's these types of questions and maybe even more that you can even add to the list that you may keep replaying, but sometimes you have even added other statements to make you think that bad things will happen or maybe there's things that are just unfavorable in your life. And the enemy wants you to stay focused on that. He wants you to keep it front and center by looking at some past events that may have taken place that may not have been that favorable. If you choose to do so, it keeps you stuck and it keeps you also in a defeated mentality while thinking that you're also alone. So the main goal becomes how will you handle the situation and what will you learn from it as a result from it so that you won't just keep repeating these same types of scenarios. Remember, no one is excluded from the tricks of the enemy. He's going to try to use any type of manipulation or any type of way to keep you feeling defeated or without any type of motivation. 
And that can be in several different realms. You know, he may compare you to a family member maybe that's doing well in their life and you may look at your life and feel like things are not going that well for you. It may even be a business that may be falling apart. And so he's going to try to make you look at how maybe your friend's business is doing well. And Lord knows he can definitely do it in the church as far as maybe one church that you belong to are losing members, whereas another church is growing. So he's going to always try to make you look that there are other things out there that are doing so much better than you. Whatever angle he needs to use to get your attention, he's going to always just try to make sure that you feel like you have the short end of the stick. And you can't just allow yourself to stay in that type of mentality. Try your best not to allow yourself to even be guided by maybe some of your own selfishness. Because as a result, sometimes God can even be silent. And you don't want that to happen. You want to make sure that you are seeking after things that don't just please you, but that really are pleasing God. You don't want God to just start to pull away because your mindset has started focusing on that you did this and you did that and everything is really based on I, I, I. You don't want your life to turn like that. And you definitely don't want others to see you like that. So if that does happen, you have to make sure that you are staying guided by God and that you're allowing him to dictate how your life should be and that you're starting to follow his timetable and that you're allowing yourself to have the patience to wait on him. Now, as I begin to close, I want you to just keep making sure that you are keeping God in the picture and that you're communicating with him daily so that you're not misled by some of the things that the enemy may try to tempt you with. He's going to always try to throw things at you, but you just have to sometimes turn a blind eye to it. So tomorrow I'm going to actually pick back up on this section. So please come back and see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Stay safe and take care. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email destruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this radio journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.